Listener Production. What ingredients are in your vaccine that you might not know about? I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing. Today, Cosmos Magazine journalist Ellen Fidian spells out what's in your jab and why some vaccines contain things like hydrochloric acid. So Ellen, a good way to kick this off might be to try and answer a question I'm sure a few people have stirring in their heads with this topic, and that's, do vaccines contain some sort of live virus? And what does that actually mean? Yeah, some vaccines do have a form of a live virus in them, but not all of them. So the most important ingredient in vaccines is an active ingredient. So that's the thing that is triggering a response in your immune system. So these active ingredients can be a live but weakened version of the virus. So the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine has weakened versions of those viruses. It can be an inactivated or dead version of the virus. So most influenza vaccines have a dead influenza virus in them or multiple dead influenza viruses. It could be part of a virus or pathogen. The Novavax COVID vaccine has proteins from the coronavirus. And an active ingredient can also be something called mRNA, which is basically the instructions to make part of a virus. So the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines both have mRNA in them, and that's their active ingredient. But the active ingredient can't do its job alone. It needs help from other things. So vaccines also have a bunch of ingredients in them called excipients, which are basically extra substances that assist the active ingredient in some way. Okay. So they could be stabilizing the active ingredient, they could be getting it to the right spot in the body, they could be preventing contamination or helping the vaccine to mix or doing a combination of all of these. So you're right that the active ingredient part of the vaccine is what a lot of people fixate on, but they're not the only ingredients you're going to find in a vaccine. So I thought it would be worth looking at what else is in your vaccine that you might not know about. All right, Ellen, so you've narrowed it down to five of your favourite ingredients found in different vaccines, which I love. Where do you want to start? Let's start with a substance that everyone knows but maybe didn't know was in some vaccines, and that's alcohol. Okay, so you can get like a little bit buzzed from vaccinations. Is that what you're telling me now? (laughs) No, unfortunately. It's a really, really small amount of alcohol. So it can be ethanol. Could be another type of alcohol, like maybe isopropanol. The ethanol is identical to the alcohol you get in hand sanitizer and beer and wine, but the concentration's much, much lower. So we're talking less than 0.0005% of ethanol in a 0.5 milliliter dose. So that's basically physically impossible for that to affect your blood alcohol concentration. Okay, so what's it even doing in there then, Ellen? So the main reason the ethanol's in there is as a preservative. So in the AstraZeneca vaccine, for example, it uses preservatives to prevent any sort of contamination on the vials or during the manufacturing process. Ethanol is particularly useful in vaccines that are going to places where they can't very easily be refrigerated or stored. And it can also help mix the other ingredients together and help stabilize them. Okay, excellent. So number one, alcohol. What's your next favorite vaccine ingredient, Ellen? Aluminium. Aluminium, like the metal, like aluminium foil? That's odd. <laughs> not, not the foil, 
It is the element aluminium. It's usually in salt form of some sort. Okay. So aluminium in vaccines, it's there because it's a thing called an adjuvant. So basically an adjuvant is an ingredient that's used in some vaccines to help build up a stronger immune response in people who get the vaccines. Oh, okay. Aluminium adjuvants are used in a huge number of vaccines, um, the hepatitis B and A vaccines, Japanese encephalitis, the HPV vaccine, the anthrax vaccine, all of those have a form of aluminium in them. It's not actually always obvious how these adjuvants work exactly, but basically they alert the immune system that something's going on and the immune system then reacts to the active ingredient very strongly and builds up a much stronger defense we think they trigger some sort of immune cell to raise a stronger alarm for the rest of the immune system. Well, there you go. Aluminium, I had no idea. Next ingredient, Ellen. The next couple of ingredients are things that you might not have on your kitchen bench. So not that alcohol and aluminium aren't science-y, but these ones are kind of much more science-flavored. Ingredient number three are things called lipid nanoparticle coatings. Oh. So these are quite a new technology. They've only appeared in the mRNA vaccines, although they're mostly made of stuff that's been used in other medicines for a variety of reasons as well. So these are basically fats that coat the outside of the mRNA. The Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines each use four different lipids. So one's cholesterol, which is a common thing you see in your body, and the other three are synthetic or naturally occurring fats that they've kind of put together. And together with the mRNA, they form these nanometer-sized blobs. And so they're called lipid nanoparticles because they're made of lipids and they're nanometer-sized. Sure. These things are really important because our cells have these oily membranes that repel molecules like mRNA from entering them. And the mRNA needs to get into our cells so that it can make spike proteins, which then trigger our immune system to build up a defense to COVID. Also on its own, mRNA is actually a pretty weak substance. Without something to coat it, it often falls apart. So these lipid nanoparticle coatings, they stabilize the mRNA and then they help it get into our cells so that it can do its job as a vaccine. It's very cool. Mm. Okay, so the next ingredient is also a food additive. Am I right? So a food additive being something you add to food to give it a pretty color or a yummy flavor or texture. Yeah. So this one is called polysorbate 80. So you can find it in some frozen desserts, shortenings, baking mixes, icings, um, also some canned vegetables. So it's used throughout our food. Okay. It's a really common food additive because it's what we call an emulsifier. Something that emulsifies is basically something that mixes. Specifically, it mixes oily stuff and watery stuff. So if you think about how hard it is to dissolve oil or butter in water when you're like cleaning a pan, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. An emulsifier is a molecule that's got both a hydrophobic, so oily, and hydrophilic, which is watery section, so that it can mix those things together. So detergents and soaps are often emulsifiers as well. Emulsifiers are really helpful in vaccines because you need all of the other ingredients to dissolve in water because that's how we inject the vaccine. So if you've got some oily components in your vaccine, like lipid nanoparticles, you can dissolve it really well. It's also got an extra really cool use in the Novavax COVID vaccine. In the Novavax vaccine, polysorbate 80 surrounds the active ingredient, which are COVID proteins, and it keeps them stable. So it's a lot like the lipids in the mRNA vaccines. It's doing a similar job. And last but not least, Ellen, what is the final vaccine ingredient that is worth a mention? 
So we have a whole bunch of different acids that are found in vaccines as well. Oh. mRNA is one. That's one of the active ingredients we were talking about. It's messenger ribonucleic acid. There's also acetic acid, which is used as a buffer in vaccines. A buffer is something that keeps the pH or the acidity of the vaccine stable. Mm-hmm. And actually, hydrochloric acid is used as a buffer in some vaccines. And that might sound alarming because yep. in high concentrations, <laughs> hydrochloric acid is very corrosive. But it's only present in very, very small amounts, similar to the ethanol. So the danger from the acid is significantly lower than, for instance, sticking your hand in vinegar, which is also slightly acidic. Good to know. (laughs) So Ellen, other than learning a few more science facts about vaccines, which we do love, why do you think it's important to know what's in them? I think for one, the ingredients in vaccines are publicly available. But there's no explanation as to why those ingredients are there. So if you search up a list of ingredients, it can look quite alarming. Like, why is there hydrochloric acid in this medicine? Surely that's dangerous. So I think it's worth taking a look at them and seeing why they're there and understanding that they're there in only very, very small amounts. And I also think it's kind of cool to look at the science that goes into developing these things. It's one thing to figure out that we can trigger the immune system to be resistant to infections, but it's quite another to then develop a medicine that's both economically feasible and something that you can deliver around the whole world so that people can use it. So I think it's kind of a cool thing to think about next time you get a jab. Ellen Fidian is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Ellen's reporting by heading to cosmosmagazine.com. And if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or catch us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. We'll catch you next time. We'll be right back.